You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to another crossover edition. This is Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Chargers. Talking about this big AFC West matchup heading into week three, I have David Drogemeyer with me from Locked On Chargers. How are you doing, David? Doing really well, man. Seems like we've been doing this for a few years now. <laughs> it uh, does, oh, man. That's because we have. Uh, it's crazy how time flies. I mean, these uh, in-division matchups are always very physical and very fun to watch. Yeah, and I enjoy talking to you guys because you, you know, you and I have a pretty good time doing these crossover episodes. And I will say, uh, I'm very happy to see the Chargers are not really dealing with the injury bug like they have in the past. Don't get me wrong; they have some injuries, but not near what they've had in the past. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is more of a, two of these top AFC West teams going head to head at pretty close to full strength, which we yep. haven't seen in years past. The Chargers have been without key guys like Joey Bosa at some points. Derwin James missed the better part of the last two seasons. So this is going to be a really awesome measuring stick to really see what these two teams at full strength really look like. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. When you get into looking at what happened to the Chargers in their loss against the Cowboys, what did you really see in that game? Penalties, number one. Uh, Every time the Chargers tried to get something going, they'd take three steps forward and take five steps backwards. They had 10 penalties on the offensive side. It's just crippling. You can't get into any kind of rhythm uh, in in your play calling. Uh, You have an explosive play. It gets taken back, so it's an emotional drain. The penalties, like, that's that's a controllable, Chris. That's something that you absolutely can't have. I expect Brandon Staley to drill on it, and I expect the Chargers organization to be extremely pissed at that performance. Brandon Staley said after the game it looked like a preseason game (laughs) because they called 20 penalties in this game, and it was sloppy. Also, the run defense was disgusting. The Dallas Cowboys ran wild on the Chargers. Boy, I can relate to that one. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Discipline, though, as as an offense, uh, when you start talking about all the offensive penalties, that's a huge issue that you definitely got to get straight out. And I can definitely relate to the lack of run defense. Yeah, it, it's terrible. And also the, the red zone efficiency or lack thereof for the Chargers. They've been in the red zone six times. They have only come out with two touchdowns. They've also thrown the ball to the other team in the red zone. You can't win games, especially against an offense like the Chiefs, an offense like the Cowboys. You have to score touchdowns when you get those opportunities. The Chargers just haven't been doing it good enough. Yeah, and honestly, when you start looking at that game, I think the thing that stuck out to me the most was it was pretty low scoring. I was expecting closer to 30 points. So was uh, and, I. And to keep it where it was, I was just really kind of shocked. I know the Cowboys' defense really struggles. And, and credit to your defense for being able to keep the Cowboys as low as they were. So that was impressive as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I was not expecting that type of ball game, Chris. I, I'll definitely uh, be the first to admit I expected this to uh, see with both teams scoring thirty plus points in this ball game, but that was not what we saw. And I think so, a lot of that had to do with the Cowboys controlling the running game, really running six, seven yards a pop. The Chargers not being really being able to get after the quarterback because of that. Um, and yeah, it was it was much more of an old school defensive ball game than uh, any of us expected. So a little bit closer to like the 35, 36 
ending that we saw with Kansas City and Baltimore? Is that kind of what you were more expecting? That's exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking these two high-powered offenses that can definitely score at will from anywhere mm-hmm. on the football field. I expected some fireworks, and we didn't get any. Yep. And on, and when you start looking at the Chiefs game and you look at their loss, uh, it can come back down to, you know, the turnovers hurt. Uh, don't get me wrong, but really the reality is, is Kansas City's defense really hurt them in that game. Yes, they got two takeaways early. That helped the offense. Problem is, is that when you cannot stop somebody that gets in your red zone and make them kick a field goal, that's a big problem. And when you give them close to 10 yards of carry as a team, that's a huge problem. So uh, they've got to get that figured out. There was a lack of discipline. You had a lack of discipline on the offensive side with the penalties. Kansas City had a lack of discipline when it came to hitting the run fits and stopping the run. That was just this thing that really stuck out to me in that game is that they could not be in the right place at the right time. And sometimes even when they were in the right place, they couldn't bring the person down. Yeah, lack of physicality. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a big problem with the Chargers, too. I mean, they would get there, but they wouldn't get the tackle. They missed 10 tackles against the Dallas Cowboys. And that's another thing you have to eliminate. And it's kind of hard to drill that in practice nowadays because they can't really tackle in practice anymore. With the CBA rules, it's really changing yep. how they can uh, really prepare. prepare. Yeah, it's it's just really hard. So yeah. uh, they're going to have to do their best to get that cleaned up because this offense they're going up against has – Several really, really fast wide receivers that can really do some damage in the open field. Oh, there's just a couple of them. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be <laughs> modest now. Yeah. All right. Whoa. Well, I mean, I think that's going to do it for the first segment. When we switch things back over, I'm going to ask Chris Clark some questions. But before I do that, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need at a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is that an Odyssey LX or an EX? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands that the warehouse happens to carry. You have computers and access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are reliably low and same for professionals and as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts that are available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so we know who sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, rockauto.com. All right, so we're back over here uh, with the crossover. Chris Clark locked on Chiefs. David Drogemeyer locked on Chargers. And, uh, hey, I got some questions about the Chiefs. We did not expect a loss in, in the month of September, Chris. I, I will be very, very upfront about that. We just we are not yeah. expecting that. We, we don't see the Chiefs lose in September with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. So that is definitely a new sight. But one of the things that the Chiefs did going into this season – was revamp their offensive line. After that performance in the Super Bowl where they got, frankly, harassed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they went out and made a flurry of moves to try to upgrade that unit. How has that new-look offensive line looked throughout the first two games of this season? I don't want to take away from the offensive line, but I do want to say really quick, they got harassed in that Super Bowl. They also got harassed in the Super Bowl before. Uh, That offensive line just wasn't that good when it came to being able to pass protect uh, and it always struggled going against uh, short yard in short yardage situations, blowing people off the ball. This offensive line, there's still a work in progress when it comes to the running game. But when you look at, you know, compare week one to week two, uh, Orlando Brown gave up five pressures against uh, Miles Garrett week one. 
I've said this many times on the show, and I'll say it again. Miles Garrett is in a tier of almost his own. He's maybe top three pass rushers in my mind. Uh, so I'm not going to be that upset that he gives pressures. I think that, you know, Reed needs to really adjust and say, okay, well, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to stop him all the time. Maybe we'll chip him a little bit more and get him to go off the normal beaten path. Brown didn't give up any pressure in the second game. Uh, Tooney gave up one pressure in the second game. Uh, I think Smith gave up two pressures in the second game. Uh, so they gave up a total of three pressures against the Baltimore Ravens. And yes, the Ravens don't have the best pass rush. They haven't had it, uh, but they didn't give up any sacks. They gave up a couple hits in a hurry, a couple hurries on Mahomes. But the issue was, is they're not allowing sacks. They're not allowing him to get hit a lot. Uh, and the interception was caused by pressure, but that was also, in my opinion, more on Mahomes than it really was on the other than it was on Humphrey at the time, because Mahomes basically ran into that pressure. He stepped up into a place where it put the offensive lineman in a bad place where he couldn't get the block done, and the defender was able to get his hands on him. So to me, that's more on the on Mahomes than it really was on the uh, offensive lineman. So I think they've looked a lot better. I'm really excited about what they can do going forward. You have two rookies starting at center and right guard, and they have allowed zero sacks so far this season. Yes, there's pressure, but zero sacks, that says a lot. Yeah, and obviously Patrick Mahomes has a tremendous ability to extend extend the play. And I think sometimes he trusts his arm a little bit too much uh, with him stepping up in the pocket and trying to maneuver around and not really thinking about what his offensive linemen are doing in front of him. But, I mean, hey, when you have an arm like that, I understand it. I really do. (laughs) The Chiefs, they didn't really make a lot of changes to the roster going uh, outside of the offensive line. So I'm curious about the Chiefs' rookie class. Has anyone from the, the Chiefs rookie class stood out to you so far? Well, I think you're seeing dividends from Nick Bolton already. I do think that that's going to be a guy that's going to continue to get playtime. And I think what you're really going to see is when Willie Gay gets back uh, from IR, I think you're, this t- Chiefs defense has the ability to step up because I'm hoping that they'll take Neiman off the field and they'll put Bolton in there. Uh, Bolton getting snaps early in the season and being able to play defense. Yes, he's out of place sometimes, but he's going to have to learn how to be in the right place. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting the snaps. And so I'm hopeful that with him playing early on because Gay is out, that that is going to pay dividends down the road. Uh, You have another guy in Noah Gray who is not really contributing much right now, but I, it's really hard for me to say that I'm surprised considering He's behind Travis Kelsey. He's behind the best tight end in the NFL. And, yes, I know I'm biased, but I still think Travis is the best tight end. So really going to be hard for him to show much of a uh, huge impact on the game, though he does have the ability to act a lot like Travis Kelsey in some ways. And I think that that's something that he's going to grow into this season. He's just not there yet. Uh, And then you have Cornell Powell, who is on the practice squad. Hopefully he's going to be able to develop into something eventually. But right now, uh, not so much going to be somebody that's going to be uh, playing very much. Yeah, I mean, Nick Bolton uh, getting some rare opportunities early with with him, Mm -hmm. with uh, Gabe being on IR, valuable playing time. And hopefully this is going to pay dividends later on in the season for him. And obviously, Trey Smith is in Creed Humphrey, the two guys that are the biggest. And I kind of already mentioned those in the first one, so that's why I didn't mention them there. But oh yeah, those guys are huge. Uh, you, you can't emphasize enough how going from Austin Ryder last year to Creed Humphrey has been a huge step up in Kansas City for Kansas City. And 
you know, so I think that those two together are going to be a lot of fun to watch for the foreseeable future. I think there were a lot of people that didn't think that Smith could step in and start. Uh, he has proven them wrong. And yes, there are going to be growing pains with that many, with that much youth on the line. But I think it's definitely worth it moving forward. Yeah, Creed Humphrey was a guy I really liked coming out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as solid as they come. Next question here. The Chiefs and, the, and Patrick Mahomes have been slinging the ball all over the yard. They rank in second in passing yards, third in receiving yards, but the rush offense is completely opposite of that. They're ranking 29th in the league with only 135 yards rushing. What's going on with the Chiefs running game? I think it's a twofold problem. I do think that you look at this new offensive line, and I don't think they've gelled very well. I think that in that regard, when it comes to the running game, I think they're feeling pretty good when it comes to passing fits. Uh, but when it comes to run blocking, it's a whole other ball game. There have been times where you've seen a good uh, sign or two. Uh, the TD to Daryl Williams, while you know a lot of people look at that and say, "Well, he just ran in and for a two-yard touchdown." That's not that big of a deal for Kansas City's defensive or offensive line. That is a big deal. They haven't been able to blow people off the ball for years. So them being able to get the yardage they needed in that situation and not have to try it two or three times is a big deal. Uh, so they're getting that push from those guys to start with. So I think that's a positive sign. The other thing I will say is Andy Reid has always been a guy that's going to throw throw more than he's going to pass. And he's even come out and said, and I don't think it was Reid, I think it was actually Biennemi. But you know when EB says something, it's coming basically the same from Reid. Sure. Uh, that they look at slants as basically being run pat, run game. Extension so, of the run game? Yeah. Right. So if you start looking at things in that aspect, then the run game becomes a whole different ball game with Kansas City. And honestly, at this point, they really haven't really done the slants very much either. They've been doing different types of routes and doing, you know, dinks and dunks down the field, but it really hasn't been slants getting them the most of their yardage. So, I do think that the running game is going to be something that they're going to have to try to figure out as the season goes, but the offensive line has got to mesh better together before that's going to happen. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, you got a bunch of new starters on the offensive line. Same five. Thing the, yeah, five new starters on the offensive line. That's crazy. It's unheard of. The Chargers have four new starters on the offensive line, so I, I can definitely uh, understand that. Uh, the next question here, uh, Travis Kelsey is phenomenal, guys. Obviously, he's an all-world tight end. If he's not the best tight end in football, he's probably 1B. Uh, but I, I don't know. There's a big argument to be had there. But <laughs> the Chargers are probably going to use Derwin James to try to erase Travis Kelsey. That's going to be one of the better matchups that we're going to see in this ball game. How do you think that battle is going to play out? I've yet to see a team that has the ability to erase Travis Kelsey. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, and I think part of what makes Travis so uh, so hard to guard isn't just his ability. His ability is fantastic. He's a great tight end. He, he's great at running routes. He's great at finding uh, you know different shallow spots in the zones to sit down and, and be open. But it's also the chemistry he has with his quarterback, and I think that's the biggest thing that he has going for him that other teams really just can't stop because. While he can run a route or he can have an option route, Mahomes almost always is going to know where he is. And two, if Mahomes goes in a situation where I won't really call it duress, but he's running around, he's looking for Kelsey because Kelsey is going to find a way to get himself open and get himself back towards the ball to be able to be the receiver. So that's really hard for a defense to to defend against because at that point it becomes almost schoolyard ball as opposed to you know actually NFL football where they're running routes. Yeah, that's one thing with Patrick Mahomes you always have to be cognizant of is his ability to extend the play and for him to get out there and still look to throw the ball down the field. So yep. it's, it's very important. To, that it's, you manipulate, 
it's manipulating defenses. No so. question about it. He does it yeah. better than pretty much anyone else in the NFL. Last question here is very simple. What do you think is going to end up deciding this game? Whew, that's a tough question. I do think that the question – I think what it's going to come down to is who has the ball last. Uh, I look at both of these offenses, and I look at uh, Kansas City's defense specifically. Uh, and, on a, and the other side is, you know, I think the Chargers have a good defense. I don't know that they're going to be great. But stopping Patrick Mahomes and stopping this Chiefs offense, especially when Andy Reid is, has shown that he has a little bit of – uh, the ability to basically scheme up however he needs to to get an offense going. I think that's going to be a problem for the Chargers to stop. So the question is, is can Kansas City get a stop or two? Because their, off, their defense showed last week they couldn't stop anybody. Uh, and the other question is, is do the Chargers stick with the running game? Because Baltimore went away from it at times, and it almost cost them the game. They yeah, ended up I being able to why. win the game, but it almost cost them the game. They kept throwing the ball when all they were, when they were getting almost ten yards to a rush. I I didn't understand it. So to me, it's who's going to come down with the the last pa- the ball the last. Let's go ahead and get to talking about one of our other favorite sponsors that we have here, Bet Online Data AG. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the Gridiron's teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for the all the pro college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Promo code is locked on. Be able to be sure to use that as well. Hey, Chiefs and Chargers fans, this is Chris Clark with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for and get a $0.25 cent per gallon bonus on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first take. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Go get it today. All right, so this is going to be a fun game. I'm really looking forward to this. I always look forward to playing the Chargers because they're a great team. And I do think that these teams play themselves or they play each other very hard every single year. Uh, it's always going to be a, a hard-fought battle. But when you look at this team, and this is really going to be what I'm curious about, at least to start, how do you feel like Justin Herbert stepped into his second season starting? Because to me, it just seemed like even the other teams that went away and didn't have their starting QBs play, they struggled the first couple of weeks. It doesn't seem like Herbert's done that. Uh, he doesn't seem to be having a sophomore slump that I have seen. Uh, but what have you seen from him so far this year? 
Yeah, Justin Herbert is definitely not having a sophomore slump. That was one of the segments we had on our show that actually aired, which is ridiculous to me that people actually out there (laughs) think that he is regressing. He's on pace for 5,600 passing yards. He has 337 passing yards pretty much in each of the first two games. He's completing over 70% of his passes. He's in an offense now that's really built for his strengths. They're going to try to push the ball down the field. He has a rocket arm. He can make any throw out there on the football field. He's showing his same elusiveness, his ability to feel the pressure and extend the play. He's making strong plays. He's made a couple of of errors, right? You're going to get that. Mm -hmm. This is a new offense. He has a little bit of a, a learning curve. Uh, this is his like fifth or sixth different offense in the in the last five or six years going dating back to college. So this guy has incredible aptitude. He will get this offense down. There is a little growing pains, but Justin Herbert is doing just fine. Yeah, and that's the thing that really surprised me about this whole thing, at least in my mind, was you're going into a brand new offense with a new offensive coordinator, new coach, new everything, and you're not going to have your QB play at all in the preseason. I get wanting to be cautious because – you know, like we talked about before we even started recording, the Chargers have been snake bitten when it came to injuries. So I get being cautious, but man, that really uh, looked like that could have been something that was costly. It hasn't cost them yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. When you still look at the rest of this offense, it runs through guys like Keenan Allen. And, uh, Mike Williams is important as well. Austin Eckler is a huge piece of what you do on offense. Uh, and you ha- you said this already. You have four new offensive starters on the offensive line. Uh, but the guy that's sticking out to me, and it's not really from week two because you and I talked about this too. I don't think the Cowboys have a good pass rush, but the Redskins do, or sorry, the Washington football team, I apologize, have a good pass rush. Chase Young is a monster, and Rashawn Slater shut him down. What can you say about him so far this year? It's just unbelievable excitement. The Chargers haven't had a left tackle of this quality probably since 2007 or so, since Marcus McNeil was the left tackle of the Chargers. And even that was only for a couple of years. Rashawn Slater is just a technical beast. He is really, really good in pass protection. You you can't beat him with strength. You can't beat him with speed. He can square you up. He, he's a guy that can erase pass rushers. Uh, it's really, really exciting. And also they like to run behind him on the left side as well because of that technical ability. He's really strong. He climbs to the second level really well. And yes, he erased Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And Chase Young to the point to where he moved to the other side. Stopped mm-hmm. rushing against Rashawn Slater probably about halfway through that ball game. Understood that he was not going to get home against Slater and had to move to the other side. And on the other side, they had Brian Belaga and Storm Norton. And they also had some help for Storm Norton on the right side yeah. when Brian Belaga went out, which is something I expect to see more of, especially in this game against the Chiefs. But Rashawn Slater is an absolute maniac. And I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited to see Chris Jones go up against Rashawn Slater. I'm not saying that I expect Jones to win a bunch of those, but I wouldn't be shocked if he wins one one or two. Chris Jones is probably the second best defensive tackle of the NFL, even though he's playing defensive end right now. I do think he could give Slater a little bit of trouble, but it'll be fun to see if that ends up happening. When we flip it over to the other side of the ball, you start looking at the Chargers' defense. And there's a lot of new faces there, but then you still have Joey Bosa who's coming back. He looks like he's healthy so far. Uh, But I do think that you said something about there's a little bit of an injury that came out of this last game. Can you tell us a little bit about about that? Yeah, so Joey Bosa on the the Zoom call on Monday basically said he's had a little bit of an ankle thing. They taped it up. 
He said it's not really serious going forward, but it is something that obviously you want to monitor with his injury past. He is a guy who's extremely tough. I remember last year he was on the injury report and it literally showed four or five different injuries Mm -hmm. and he still ended up playing on Sunday. So Joey Bosa is as tough as they come, but it is something to monitor going forward. And then you start looking at the back end of your defense, which has completely changed in the fact that Derwin James hasn't been available the past couple of seasons. He gets hurt early in the season, and I'm not trying to call him injury-prone at all, but the reality is is he just hadn't been available. It is what it is. Yeah, now he is, and it changes what you can do on the back end. You said that you expect them to line him up against Travis Kelsey when we were talking about uh, the what they're going to do and your questions for me. What do you see that he does different that he makes that defense differently just because of his ability to be just about anywhere and be at really an all pro level uh, with the way he plays? Well, that's just it right there. Anything that you ask him to do on that field, Derwin James is capable of doing at a high level. If you want him to go up against your number one wide receiver like they did against Amari Cooper and the Cowboys and erase him, he can do that. He took Amari Cooper out of that game. He was a non-factor because Derwin James has that ability. He can also play back. He can play in the box and run support. He can rush the passer. Anything you want him to do, he is capable of doing. I do expect him to try to blanket Travis Kelsey. Obviously, I say try because (laughs) Travis Kelsey is fantastic. But Derwin James, the last time Derwin James and Travis Kelsey went at it, they had a, a really good battle. And I think Derwin James did a pretty good job of bottling him up. But even if you do, you still have three or four other wide receivers that can you know, run wild down the field. Obviously, Tyreek Hill being chief among them, pun intended. Uh, but yeah, I would expect them to try to use Derwin James on Travis Kelsey and probably try to bracket Tyreek Hill as much as possible. Those are two of the guys you really don't want to beat you. Yeah, and that's exactly what my next question was going to be: is if they do that with Travis Kelsey, how are they going to slow down? Tra- how are they going to slow down Tyreek Hill? Because that is the key. If you slow, if you can slow both of those guys down, and you force the Chiefs into their third, fourth, and fifth options, yes, they have options there, but nothing anywhere close to what they had in previous years when Sammy Watkins was healthy. Yeah, like I said, I think they use Derwin James on Travis Kelsey. I think they'll probably try to put Michael Davis on Tyreek Hill with safety help. I mean, you you just can't cover this guy one-on-one. We know that. We know the cheetah is ridiculous in the open field, and you don't want to give him a lot of space. So I would expect them to try to jam him at the line and have help over the top to try to blanket and eliminate those two guys from the equation. If you try to get them to get the ball to uh, Pringle and McCole Hardman and you know those other type of wide receivers, that is the best game plan for the Chargers to try to win this game. Last question I have really quick, and it goes along with the Derwin James on Travis Kelsey, and I hate to keep harping on this, but I'm curious. Derwin James is a safety. So are you expecting that they're going to go with the three safety set to combat this Chiefs team? Because I can't imagine that the defense is going to want to go single high safety with Tyree Kill on the field as well. No, definitely not. They're not going to do single high. They uh, th- This is a, a, a split safety look that Brandon Staley usually likes to deploy. Uh, They disguise their coverages a lot. And as much as I would like them to put Derwin James on Travis Kelsey every snap, that's not going to happen. They're not going to do that. They're going to move Derwin James around the formations to try to get him as close to the football, as close to the action as possible. So 
that's what I expect to happen. I do expect them to have a concerted effort to try to erase Travis Kelsey, but Mm -hmm. like I said, that's going to be easier said than done. I do expect them to use Derwin James the majority of the time there, but Derwin James can't be everywhere. So, And you kind of need him to be everywhere. So they're going to spread him around. Fair enough. And that is going to be it for us today. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Go check out David on Locked on Chargers. And as always, please go like and subscribe and you know, give us comments on the YouTube channel. We really do appreciate those. David, it's been great talking to you, and good luck in this game this week. I appreciate it, Chris. Good luck to you as well and the rest of the season.